This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by the Duct Tape Marketing Consultant Network. Did you know that Duct Tape Marketing is more than a powerful system for small business marketing? It's also a network of independent marketing consultants around the world who use the Duct Tape Marketing methodology to help small businesses grow. Check it out at ducttape.me slash 123go. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz. My guest today is Vivica Von Rosen. She's a co-founder and chief visibility officer of Vengresso, known internationally as a LinkedIn expert and the author of the best-selling LinkedIn Marketing an Hour a Day and LinkedIn 101 Ways to Rock Your Personal Brand. So Vivica, thanks for joining me. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. Thank you, John. I think this is a repeat visit for yes. you. You've been on here before. Let's talk LinkedIn. First thing, let's just set the table globally. What are LinkedIn's been around? A lot of people are on it. Yeah. A lot of people don't do much what on it. A lot of people use it like crazy. What's the big opportunity that you think people are missing today if they're not fully embracing LinkedIn? Yeah, even with us going hopefully soon back into our offices doing field visits, sites visits, meeting people face to face, certainly during the pandemic, LinkedIn was like the only place where B2B marketers, salespeople, customer service could engage with their audience because just inherently in, in the type of network it was. And what we've discovered is that even with thank goodness, we're opening up again. People are liking the idea of you know, continuing to do a lot of their buying and selling and marketing at home, over social, over virtual. And so I think the big lost opportunity is for people thinking that, well, who I somehow got through a year of the pandemic and I didn't need to be on LinkedIn. So clearly I don't need to now, or I was on LinkedIn. I'm fine. I'm good. And the problem, of course, was so many companies said, okay, team, there's a pandemic, you're working at home, you still need to keep selling, so get on LinkedIn. But they didn't do very much as far as showing people how to create a stronger brand, showing people the right ways of engaging. And I don't know what it is about LinkedIn that people think, you know, people who have great engagement and communication skills offline. They're like awesome at a conference, a trade show, but they get on LinkedIn. They're like, Hey, my name's Joe and you should buy my stuff. And and yeah. <laughs> I think that's a huge issue and why people think LinkedIn doesn't work. And I think that a lot of bad marketing is done because yeah. people are doing it. And so then they're like, well, that's what, that's, I guess what you do. And of course there's lots of people willing to sell you a program that will do it for you. And so yes. I think that's what leads. And then of course that then turns a lot of people off. If all you get is spammy emails or like, or messages on LinkedIn, it's yeah. like, why would I use LinkedIn? Cause there's yeah. nothing happening there, but there certainly is a percentage of people that it's a significant part of their marketing funnel, at least if not their conversion. So let's talk about some of the 101 ways. Obviously, I got lots of places I can go, but I want to talk about some of the kind of bigger categories that sure. that you address in maybe smaller chunks as well. So let's start with the profile. You have a good significant part of the book dedicated to things if you take the pro- profile as a whole. But let me ask you this first question. You just talked about the idea of people know how to do marketing offline and then they get on LinkedIn and they screw it up. 
I find the profiles are a little bit that way too, in that is it good marketing, good messaging, good communication in your you know written profile or your website? Shouldn't that translate to a profile in LinkedIn or is there something unique about the structure of the LinkedIn profile that means you have to take a different approach? Yeah, one would think. I think marketers go, okay, our, our focus needs to be on the company page. And they don't mm -hmm. even think about the rest of the employees on LinkedIn. So yeah, they might have a fabulous company page. And meanwhile, of course, when someone searches on your company or searches on a, a product or a service on Google, even oftentimes your employees profiles will show up on link on Google. So they click through and then <laughs> all of a sudden it's really given the brand a hit. So one thing that I think marketers need to understand is that you got to, when you're talking about your brand and marketing on LinkedIn, you need to A, move beyond the company page. First of all, you have to have a company page and do it well, and we can get into that. But B, you need to move beyond the company page and understand that you need to co-brand with your employees, the salespeople, the marketers, the customer service, anyone really, anyone really, because when you're on LinkedIn now and someone puts in your company name, there's no telling who the first person to show up is going to be. It might be the CEO who hopefully has a good profile, but it might be some back office accountant who's created their profile back in 2004 and has nothing of your brand. So you really have to make an effort to create a brand for all of your employees. That's a can of worms that I wasn't sure we were oh, going to open up indeed. necessarily. So are you suggesting that the company is going to own my profile? There's probably some pushback there, isn't there? Yeah. Oh, there is definitely pushback. We address <laughs> this in our launch calls with every single client we have. And that's why I said co-brand because yes, yeah. in the end, the employee absolutely owns their profile and you can't make them do anything. But with the rising tide floats all boats, what you want your employees to understand is, hey, we want to make you look good and we want right. to look good. If you want to look like dookie online, then that's fine. We can't do anything about it. But hey, if especially if you're customer facing, let us help you <laughs> help us yeah. help you. But to your point, what needs to happen, and this is another big can of worms, is that alignment between sales and marketing and customer service and HR, because everyone needs to be aligned in the messaging. And so you have to clean your house, your marketing and sales house before you even jump into LinkedIn, because that needs to be super clear and clean before you ever try to try to project it onto the LinkedIn profiles. I was being somewhat facetious, but there's people do take, this is my social media profile. Oh, yeah. That's mine. If you work for a company, the, here's your business card. Here's what it's yep. going to say on it. Here's your right. uniform. You're all going to wear it. So there's part of what comes with the brand that people accept. And all of a sudden, like the social profile becomes this kind of, that's my personal property. And so I, I can see the pushback sometimes, but I totally agree that the company should participate in, in what a profile that's going to have somebody's company name on it says. Yeah, um, exactly. And rather than being antagonistic, yeah. oh, you have to do this. And they're like, right. no, we're not going to. Right. You really right. you want to create that, that, that relationship, that friendship, that partnership, because the other thing marketing is going to want everyone to do is promote the content, be advocates right, right, of right. the content. And yeah. <laughs> 
help them find new talent, all those kinds of things yep. is, you know, what everybody should be participating in. You're right. So exactly. you have, there are many elements of the, we could do a whole show just on the profile because there's so many elements on it. There's yep. one that you have in the book that I, I really like this idea and I haven't really, I hadn't really seen this before, but this idea of call to read as yeah. a component, you want to unpack that one? Yeah, yeah. So on on many sections of your profile, but especially in the about section, what used to be the summary section, if you haven't looked at your profile in a long time, the first three lines show. And most people start that about section or that summary section with maybe whatever they had in their resume, their goals on their resume, their goal statement on their resume. And that's not really interesting to your audience. They want to know, how can you help me? What's in it for me? Yeah. The big whiff them. And the goal or the, the call to read, you want to grab your reader's attention within the first three sentences. So they click on that, see more. And then that opens up, of course, a whole lot more real estate up to 2000 characters where you can tell your audience who you help, how you help them, what you do, how you can change their lives, how you can solve their point of right. pain, how people can get in touch with you, et cetera, et cetera. But if they don't click on see more, read more, they're never yeah. going to see that part. It's, it's traditional copywriting. It's the headline yeah. that grabs them. It's the ad for the ad. Uh, exactly. So one of the things that I think a lot of people underestimate is the fact that LinkedIn is on top of being a platform. It is a search engine of sorts. And what are some tips you might have for helping people show up in, in searches? If somebody goes there and they're not just looking for a person, but they're looking for a solution or they're looking yeah. for a an attorney that does immigration law or something, and they yeah. might type that in there. What are some ways to help make sure that you're winning some of those searches? Yeah. And you have to find that balance between readability and SEO, right? So you mm -hmm. do want to add relevant keywords anywhere where there's a title field, not your name, like the headline, the professional headline section. You have 220 characters there to tell people who you help, how you help them, who you are. And you can definitely get some keywords in there. The title fields of your experience section in your about section. And I know there's uh, some people just despise the whole idea of skills and endorsements. But man, every time someone endorses a skill, it's almost like you get that keyword in there again. So make sure you get your keywords into your skills section. And then the other area that's a win-win situation are those recommendations. And a lot of people have one or two or none, but you need to be actively asking for recommendations. And when you ask for recommendations, give them some talking points and those talking points should hold your keywords as well. And then that way, when someone writes a recommendation for you, A, it helps the human eye because they're like, oh, wow, this John, he's got like 286 recommendations. He must be awesome. But also the computer eye, LinkedIn's eye is seeing those keywords continuously in your recommendations. And it's more likely to elevate your profile as well. Let's talk about lead mining. A lot of salespeople, because of the searchability, you let's say you're targeting a handful of companies. You can find yeah. a lot of people at those companies, for for example. What are some good tools? And because it's also overwhelming. Oh you know, gosh, yeah. Like you got you're building all these lists and you do all this stuff, and it's like, how do I know who I contacted? It's not really a CRM, right? So, what are some tips for lead mining, list building, keeping? keeping your outreach going, just the data part, not like we can talk later about what you'd actually message, but just the data part. 
I'm always a fan of quality over quantity, and so is LinkedIn. So the first thing is right. you don't want to use any automation tools on LinkedIn, whether you're trying to scrape email addresses or automate engagement. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Because LinkedIn, yeah. they've, they've got pretty sophisticated in, in detecting that, and they will not hesitate to shut down your profile, even if they suspect it. Like I've had, I've been super active on LinkedIn and LinkedIn's been like, yeah, we're restricting your account. I'm like, why? Because we suspect you're using automations. No, I'm just super active on LinkedIn. So you gotta be super, super careful about that. That being said, yeah, with if you're only using the general search tool at the search bar at the top of your LinkedIn profile, the, the results of a search are gonna be absolutely overwhelming. So when ever possible, use those filters, refine your search down, especially if you have a free account, because you're going to run out of searches really quickly if, if you've got a free account and you're just doing these huge generic searches. So number one, use those other search filters, search by location, search by industry, search by title. There's all kinds of different ways to focus on that search so that you get better results. And then the cool thing is you can also, with the free account, save up to three searches. And what's nice about that is LinkedIn will actually send you little notifications or search alerts when new people fall into those searches. So once you've done a search, if it's a good one and there's lots of prospects who show up, save that as an alert. Now, we're big fans of Sales Navigator because you can take it to a whole new level. There's no limit or there's very few limits. You're able to move people into lists. You're able to manage them through lists. And the one that I love, because let's face it, you could have the best prospect in the world on LinkedIn, but if they're not active on LinkedIn, they're never going to see yeah. your messages. They're ne you're you're going to have a very hard time engaging with them, so they might as well not be there. But on Sales Navigator, when you do a search... You're, or you build a list, you're actually able to sort by the folks who are active on LinkedIn. And now it's time for a happy dance because you know that your prospect is, is active on LinkedIn. And once you save them, you can actually see their activity. And so that gives you lots of opportunity to engage. But that, that's the nut, even with the free account, make sure to use those different fields. You can bookmark your leads. You can manually move them into whatever CRM system you're using. Mm -hmm. There's lots of opportunity there, but go for quality over quantity. And now let's hear a word from our sponsor, the Duct Tape Marketing Consultant Network. If you are a consultant or agency or coach, let me ask if any of these ring true. Do you have trouble getting in front of enough ideal Clients, are you constantly being forced to compete on price? Are you working too hard and not making enough money? I've got a free ebook for you. It's called The Seven Steps to Scale Your Practice or Agency Without Adding Overhead. You can go get it at ducttapemarketing.com slash no dash over. That's ducttapemarketing.com slash no dash over. Go get it today. So let's say you locate a handful of people and you really believe based on their profile or their job title or whatever that you, you can't help them. You can help them because you help people like that. You don't want to reach out and say, you need what we do. Is yeah. there a tried and true method of making a connection with somebody that is not going to be off-putting right off the bat or is not yeah. just going to seem spammy? There's two. And it's what we would do in real life. So the first one is simply you want to engage before you connect. So if you do find that lead, they are sharing content on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. then start engaging on their content. Like it, 
comment on it at mention them when you comment on it, maybe share it for them, do them that favor that will build that top of mind awareness. And then when you reach out and invite them to connect, you can say, Hey, I love the post you shared the other day. I don't know if you noticed, I shared it with my audience. We got a lot of visibility on it. Like, nice job. Let's connect. You know, chances are people are going to say yes to that. But your second, once they accept the invitation, your second message should not be, hey, buy my stuff. You want to continue to build that relationship. We use what we call the PVC methodology. You want to personalize it always. You don't automate. You want to personalize your your communications. You want to add value whenever possible. And by the way, adding value is not, hey, join my webinar. It's free. You You haven't earned the right yet. But add, you could share a blog post. You could share somebody else's blog post. You could share a podcast you listen to, something that's going to be of value to them. And then that call to action might not yet be, let's set up a meeting. It might be, let me know what you thought about this podcast in, in, in another, in a message later, or let me know on Friday what you thought. So that way you can, you can build a conversation just like you would in real life. So that's one methodology that's pretty successful. You just don't go in for the kill. You build, LinkedIn isn't, you don't sell on LinkedIn, you build relationships. So that's key. The other is also what we do in real life. Ask for the referral. And we do what we call a Mm two-step referral. So if I wanted to meet you, John, I would look you up on LinkedIn. I would see everyone that we had in common. I would choose maybe three or four folks that I know well that I hope know you. I would ask all four if they're willing to introduce me. And then of, you know, of the four, maybe two say yes. I would choose my best yes to the other person. I'd say, thanks very much. Crazy. Someone else already introduced me, but what can I do for you? You start a conversation with them too. But then you choose your best yes. And then you write the introduction for them. And then you have them CC you on it so that A, they did it. They sent the introduction because that happens half the time they don't. And Quite frankly, once they've CC'd me on an introduction to you, John, I can now I can just follow up with you directly. Yeah, awesome advice. I think a lot of people um, really think of think of networking and selling, and network is actually yeah. networking is actually more about getting generating referrals or or generating relationships with people who can refer relationships you. to generate. Uh, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about in-mail. I, I hate yeah. to say it when I, I get a notification on LinkedIn and I, it tells me it's an in-mail, my radar goes up because yep. experience tells me uh, that it's going to be a cold pitch. So exactly. how, how can you use in-mail though? Because if you're not connected with somebody and you want to reach out and make connection, how can you effectively use in-mail so that you're not just having to send thousands of them? Oh, I know. It is, it, 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 it again, it drives me up an absolute wall because I, I, I've maybe received two in-mails in my life that were of any value whatsoever. So yeah, people are just throwing away thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars on in-mails. Use an in-mail truly as a last effort to get in touch with someone. So if I tried to get introduced to you, John, and no one, everyone's like protecting your privacy, so no one would introduce me to you. And I've engaged on your content and you like have ignored me. And I asked, I called you and left a voicemail message, still using the PVC method, personalized value and call to action. And you haven't, you haven't responded. Then I might finally go use one of my in-mails, but I wouldn't say, hey, buy my stuff, which is what everyone does. Mm-hmm. I would try, I would research you. I would look at, I would stalk you basically. I would look at what you're doing and I would try and use that in-mail 
to share something of value with you that might spark a conversation. Like, hey, saw you're moving to Colorado. Have you tried El Cielo's? They have great Mexican food. So (laughs) it's just, I think of InMail almost as a last resort as a, a in as a way into a conversation, but using an email to try it and pitch your wares, I've never seen it work effectively. No, no, it would have to be a miracle. Yeah. All right, a lot of people look up and think, I have eighteen thousand seven hundred thirty-seven contacts on LinkedIn. Maybe I'll download all those and email them. Is there a way to effectively use the fact that you have built a following, maybe, or have connections? Yeah. And, and want to move off of LinkedIn. Is there an effective way to do that, given the access that you do have? Yeah, yeah. So not anymore. You used to be able to, for sure, export all of your connections and their email addresses right into a spreadsheet and then right up into your email platform. Bad practice. Don't do it. It goes against... <laughs> it goes against can spam castle gdpr it goes against all of that number one number two linkedin frowns upon it but there's no reason why you can't through conversation through sharing good content potentially through ads if you do them the right way that you can't funnel people through an opt-in but you've got to get that opt-in and a lot of folks used to just say, if they accept my invitation to connect, it's an opt-in. And and I give them the option of opting out. No, I I connected with you on LinkedIn. I did not sign up for your newsletter. And that really irritates me. That's one of my pet peeves, as a matter of fact. (laughs) So yes, by all means, like have a great video that points to a link where you've got a great download that that people can opt into, like my book. Obviously, we've got that all over our website and all over our LinkedIn communications. But it's got to be an opt-in. Otherwise, you're breaking all the rules. So we've been talking about LinkedIn in generalities, but let's make the connection to Vengresso. What does Vengresso do to help people maximize their opportunities on LinkedIn? Yeah. And I'm trying to steer it more towards marketing because A, that's my background and B, duct tape marketing. (laughs) But we are a sales training company. But first of all, we work mostly with B2B sales teams and we work mostly with teams of 20 plus individuals. And we work mostly bringing them through LinkedIn Sales Navigator, selling with video. And we're actually moving into a whole modern sales mastery um, component. But yeah, we're all very, we all the four founders, the three founders, uh, the three founders are very strongly from a, a LinkedIn background. And so that's obviously our area of expertise and what we like to, are the lane we like to swim in. But again, I'm, I come from more of a, a marketing background. This is my first book, LinkedIn Marketing in Our Day. And so I, I love the fact that effective LinkedIn use is that marriage between marketing and sales. Yeah, absolutely. Vivica, it was great catching up with you and people can find out more at vengresso.com or look up Vivica Von Rosen. I think she's the only one that exists. So you probably find her <laughs> so, somewhere with a simple search like that. And hopefully we can catch up in Colorado or just when we all get yes. back out there on the road again. All right, that wraps up another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Feel free to share this show. Feel free to give us reviews. You know, we love those things. Also, did you know that we had created training, marketing training for your team? If you've got employees, if you've got a staff member that wants to learn a marketing system, how to install that marketing system in your business, Check it out. It's called the Certified Marketing Manager Program from Duct Tape Marketing. You can find it at ducttapemarketing.com and just scroll down a little and find that tab that says Training for Your Team.